Live from Casa de Monte Cristo with Selena Marcus. It's smoking section. We are live here with our friend, our buddy. This is going to be one hilarious fucking episode. Oh yeah, this oh. is going to be good. First of all, you cuss? That's terrible. Oh, we Second can... of all, <laughs> way to throw me uh, like... <laughs> Set me up so now I have to try to be now, funny. Now you have to try to be funny. He I does stand up. He he does radio. He's awesome. I'm the funniest person you know. He don't is the pretend. funniest person I know in Nashville, Tennessee. His yeah, name is Patrick Thomas. That's yeah, me. Patrick Nobody Thomas. When you said that. AKA Five Whiskey Patrick. Yes. Today, courtesy of uh, Casa de Monte, Casa Cristo. De Monte Cristo, I am drinking the Whistle Pig Ten Year, which mm. is spectacular. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Y'all, wow. y'all, y'all both drinking it? Yeah. yeah. Man, I went back old school, man. I got my Jack and Coke on the rocks, man. I had mm. to do it. I went straight whiskey today. That that almost never happens. Is that in my honor? <laughs> that is in your honor today. Whiskey? Thank you. Yeah. She came over and goes, what do you want to drink? And I said, I don't know. He, he, he goes, I want this. I'm like, I'll take that. Why not? Why not? I'm one of the people that when I order whiskey... I don't know a lot about it, but people do tend to go, what is he drinking? Okay, I'll drink that. You know. <laughs> that's very true. I, I really you. don't. I, that's, a, that's a half joke of a statement because I really don't think of myself at all as a whiskey expert or a connoisseur. But, I'm just a dude who likes to drink whiskey. At the same time, you are. Nah, I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm, if, if I'm a whiskey expert, we need more whiskey experts. That's just <laughs> the truth. I don't know that much about it. I do really love it. And I have tried, you know, hundreds I, of types of whiskey. I can actually tell you that you have been an inspiration because you have actually made me try different kinds of whiskey since I've met you. I get uh, a lot of people have, that listen to the podcast telling me that they, they're trying new things. Because we try new things. We don't have a, a whiskey sponsor. And even if we did, I would still drink more than one type of whiskey. And right. we would always drink, you know, whatever we were sponsored by. Right. Uh, but... It's broadened my horizons. I, you know, we're only at episode 18 now. Right. And I'm already at the point where we're, you know, I'm trying. I want to try different things. I want to try different bottles. I don't want to drink the same thing in every episode. Mm. So I feel that. Uh, it's been kind of fun. And people bring me whiskey, which is lots I'm of fun. To come, well, I'm going to have to come to that office and try that Red Neck Rivera. Uh, what's, what's the? What's the, the Granny Rich Reserve? The, yeah. Oh, yeah. That stuff's really good. Wait, yeah, wait, listen, that. for $40 a bottle, I don't know that you can find a better taste than whiskey for that price. Wait a minute, what, I mean is it, that. what is it called again? The Redneck Riviera Granny Rich Reserve. Ooh. It's good. You can't even buy it in Nashville. You can't buy it in Nashville yet. Mm-mm. Nope, but I have a bottle in my office, so you holler at me. I will make sure you. <laughs> Next time for poker. So <laughs> don't but drink before poker. poker. And I don't tell everybody because I don't want them drinking my good Yeah, we won't, we won't tell everybody. You know. we'll, we'll give them that nasty shit that you had the last time you were there. <laughs> That, that nasty ass whiskey. Oh gosh, the that oh, malt I wanna, liquor whiskey. I don't want to crap talk somebody else's whiskey, <laughs> but it was. Let's just say, but sometimes you I, have it was to. not good. I don't like Islay malt scotches. Okay, have you ever heard me tell this story? I was no. at so the first time I ever had one, I was at this party in Louisiana. Uh, it was the Louisiana Celtic Society was having their annual Christmas party. And I just happened to be in town, and one of my buddies is in that. So he goes, you want to go? I was like, well, that sounds weird. And he said, there's going to be a lot of different types of whiskey. So I was like, okay, let's go. That sounds good. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's so go, let's we drank away. all these great Scotch and Irish whiskeys. And uh, this old man pulls this bottle off a shelf near the end of the night, and he goes, this one is special. This is the Cowell Isla. 
And I was like, all right. He goes, no, you don't understand. It has v- three very distinct tastes. The smell, the taste, and the aftertaste. And they're all completely different. And he was right because it smelled like feet. <laughs> but it tasted, it tasted like socks. And that's different, okay? Feet and socks? Feet and socks. Not good. I guess that's good for people who have foot fetish. Yeah, and the mm. aftertaste was like formaldehyde. I'm not sure if somebody had soaking somebody's feet and socks in a... I don't know. It was not good. Wow. Not good. And I've since learned that I'm not a fan of that peaty, you know, that... that it was bad. Islay malt flavor. It was, it was bad. And yeah. then we finally found an American whiskey that was basically trying to be that. And it was the first time I ever drank an American whiskey and went, oh, toenails. No, no. I'm good. I don't want to drink this. Y'all so we're going to save that bottle and give it to people we don't like, Marcus. Y'all ain't down for the feet, man? Mm. No, I'm not down for the feet. I don't want my whiskey to taste like feet. Do you? Like, that's not a. I stay away from feet altogether. That's just not a good thing. That's just not a good thing at all. Mm. <laughs> all right, so Patrick. All yeah. Right, so we're going to get to the stories in a minute, but let's, let's get a little serious for a moment here. Why? Just for the hell of it. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so so weird not having headphones on. I got to put all my trust in Dwayne that, in the way. that I sound good. <laughs> He'll let you know. Trust me. Okay. Yeah, you sound amazing. Let me Do tell I? you. Yeah, you sound good, okay. bro. You got- <laughs> all right. I feel like you're a little too adamant about that, Dwayne. But I'm going to let it go. I am a sexy man. I know this. You are a sexy man. Give me your best Barry White voice. I can't do that. This is as low as I can get. This is white man pretending to talk. To That's as low as it gets. So we had we had Gregory Smith in here, and he oh, he, Greg's he, voice. Can you get, he can get low. Oh, he he started out saying, "What's up?" What's up? Caught us all off guard. But anyway, I can't do that. Um, so you started in this business. We were just talking about this. You started in this business in high school. Well, I was doing local radio when I was sixteen years old. So you can't do that, that nowadays. It's it's hard. You can still get that job though if you hustle for it. Really? Yes, absolutely. There's there's not a lot of part time positions available, but there's always going to be something for somebody who's willing to ask for it. You know, mm. wow. maybe not in a top fifty city, right? Okay, but there's somewhere nearby that will hire you when you're in college. The people in broadcasting majors when I was in college in Baton Rouge would ask me. How do I get a job in radio? I went, well, for starters, get one. They got part-time jobs, you know. Right. You want a good job in radio, you got to start with a bad job or at least a not great job. Oh, tell know? me about it. So go do something. Go hang banners. Go, I interned. Go intern. Go, you know, mm-hmm. the sad part is there's so few internships left because the biggest companies don't offer as many internships as they used to. If they offer a bunch of them don't offer them at all. Right. The smaller yeah. companies can't afford the liability. Yeah, right. because after the lawsuits mm-hmm. uh, with the publishing companies and all in in New York and wherever else, it, it, we we have problems with interns now. People right, signed up get, for everybody wants to get paid. Yeah, people yeah. signed up for unpaid internships and then changed their mind. That's a controversial statement, and I don't care. Um, but it's so true, though. Like, why would you, I'm not sure interns. You're getting credit for it, aren't shouldn't you? Shouldn't get paid. Maybe they should. Yeah, but, they are getting credit for it. But if you signed up for an unpaid internship and then sued after the fact, I got a problem with that. Now, nobody wants to, to have interns. So all the biggest media companies 
for the most part, they either don't have them or they've cut back. As recent as six years ago in 2013, we had, you had companies where, you know, just in Nashville, one of the big radio companies might have 10, 12 interns right. in a semester. Nobody's got that anymore. Right. Nobody. That's crazy. Because I, I started out interning at a radio station and then they end up hiring me. Yeah. From the internship. I hired my but best I worked intern. My, I worked yeah. my ass off. Like, I was I was there. I did eight hours a week even though I wasn't was supposed to. <laughs> but I enjoyed being there. That's what I wanted right? to do. You didn't go back and sue them I didn't go back and sue them afterwards. Much? No. Um, my best intern I hired, she's now a national uh, director of promotions for a record label. Um, we had another intern who was just over the top good. When I worked at WSIX, or I worked in the building with WSIX, she wasn't my intern, but she was so good. I ended up, you know, helping her get a job in the music industry. So, you know, it's a lot of people where you see these people and go, and, and I followed a lot of their paths, even though I didn't have a direct hand in it. Right. You know, I, I saw other people help propping them up and, and kind of help nudge it just a little bit here and there. You, do you know, think, do you think school helps you? Because I get a lot of people tell me, oh, I have to go to school for that. Do you? Do you do you have to go to school for radio? Oh, that's a great question. No. Um, again, with the controversy. But <laughs> listen, you should, if you want to go to college, you should go to college. If you want to learn other things in addition to trying to get a job in journalism or in broadcasting, mm-hmm. you should go. In, in the media, no. In journalism, yeah, you need to learn how to write. Right. You need right. to learn how. You know, I learned how to write in college. But I learned how to write from my high school English teacher. I got lucky. I had a high school English teacher who taught us how to write like adults. Most people don't have that. Right. Not everybody has that. Right. I had an exceptional English teacher in high school. So most of what I was taught in college was stuff that I already knew. Right. Um, but that's not my professor's fault. That's, I was just ahead of the curve because I because had a teacher who was teacher. that good. Mm. Um, her name was Mrs. Gibbons. I'm going to give her a shout out since she's no longer with us. Uh, she was just, you know. One of those people who cared that when we were adults, we were going to have to know how to write. If we wanted to get ahead in life, you need to know how to read and you know how to write. So, well, we all know how to read, most of us, by the time we're 16. But right. very few people know how to write by the time they're 16. So she, that was her whole mission. Wow. Well, at least you had a teacher that cared. I mean, at my high school, they didn't give a fuck. You like, know, I hear that a lot, and it's sad. I, I was lucky. I went to a public school. I didn't go to a private school. I didn't yeah. go to a charter school. I went to a public school in New Iberia, Louisiana. And I, not all of my teachers were great, but I had enough great teachers to make a difference. Right. I had a speech teacher. Uh, and by speech, I mean she taught us how to talk in public. She right. taught us how to give speeches, how to, how to persuade people, how to debate. Uh, I consider her a mentor, you know. And now that I'm almost 40, I consider her a friend. Um, I, had a, I had a civics teacher and a social studies teacher who was brilliant, who actually got me into radio. So this is the story. I was, it was this, uh, right before the summer of my junior year of high school. And my uh, teacher, her name was Anne Labiche. She, had, see, she was very dry. She was it's one of these people that had this super, very dry sense of humor that not all teenagers are going to get, but she had a lot of really smart students and we all found her hysterical mm-hmm. unless she was making fun of you, in which case it was not always funny. So, uh, so she was, she was a female version of you basically. No, I'm not that dry. I no. wish I could be no. that dry. I always got a smirk on my face. Or something. <laughs> That's she very was true. St- 
stone faced. Okay, you oh, could wow. not tell. You didn't know what was going on. No, so she she had the perfect delivery. I'm, before I tell you that line, I'll tell you. And I went back to visit like seven years later. Yeah, and I hadn't seen her since. I graduated. Uh, I've been back to my hometown, but I was never there during the week when it wasn't a holiday. Right. You know, you go, it's Christmas week. Nobody's, no, one's, no one's at school. school. So I finally got to go, and I saw Mrs. Gibbons, who was my favorite teacher, and I saw Mrs. Uh, who's now Miss Duga, who was my speech teacher. And then I, I, Mrs. Labiche had retired, but I got lucky, and she was there substituting that day. And she was walking down the hall toward me, and one of the other teachers goes, look who's here today. And I, I got so happy, and I turned toward her with my arms open, and I said, Miss Labiche, I haven't seen you in six years or more. And I had hair down to my waist at that point. And she goes, yes, I suppose, and is that also the last time we cut our hair? <laughs> <laughs> she was like Helen Mirren in the remake of Arthur. She was just so dry all the time. So when I'm 16 years old, she, she says, uh, she set me up too, man. She goes, Patrick, are you planning on getting a job this summer? Are you planning on working when school's out? And I said, yes, ma'am, I, I am. She said, have you thought of applying at the local radio station? And I said, no, I hadn't thought about that. That's probably a good idea. She goes, you should do that because you certainly can talk. And that was not meant to be a compliment. That was not meant to be a compliment. <laughs> that, was meant, that was based on me not shutting my mouth for basically <laughs> the two years prior to that. But That's you know what? Funny. She may have been taking me down a peg with that comment, but guess what I did? I went and applied at that local radio station. And look and at made you a career, now. And made a career out of it. Made a career out of it. There you go. As it turns out, That's I, hilarious. I, I certainly can talk, as she says. So That's hilarious. I, um, um, I don't remember what the question was. No, that was, know, that was me <laughs> telling a story. I went off rambling. No, that was, no you, you answered the question is how you got started in the industry in high school. I am I'm, I'm feel better with myself because I, I now realize that I'm not the only one who goes back to their high school when they get a chance to go back to their high school and visit their high school mm-hmm. and their favorite teachers. I've actually become very good friends with my, like, my Spanish teacher. Mm. Shout out to Ms. Smith. You speak Spanish? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, listen, 10 years of scholastic French, 10 years, elementary school, middle school, high school, and two semesters in college. And you know what I can say? La souris est en dessous de la table. The mouse is under the table. That's, uh, it. That's what all the hell is that? What the hell did you just say? La souris est en dessous de la table. The mouse is under the table. The mouse is under the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, I can't say that. I, all I can say is hola, como estas, muy bien, gracias, y tú. Yeah. Adios, amigos. Oh, you know what? You know what I know how to say in Spanish. What's, what's that? I can say "mas tequila, Pedro," because that was the name of our <laughs> our bartender who was in the bar at the pool in Cancun. Uh, Jason Aldean and some other people had invited us down to go listen to new music. I said that with air quotes, but you couldn't see it. But it's listen to new music. Listen to new music. Which <laughs> with tequila. With tequila, and you know when you're in Mexico, you drink tequila, and so I learned how to say "mas tequila, Pedro," uh, and I said it a lot. So I had many, many. So five tequilas. whiskey patches became ten tequila patches. Oh, it was more like twenty-two tequila patches. <laughs> That's not hilarious. my best weekend as far as you know. Whether I gained friends right. that weekend. Okay. Um, funny on my two most recent podcasts, shameless plug, episodes seventeen and eighteen, depending on when you release this. Um, I, I talked to Jackie Stevens and Jackie Lee, back-to-backy Jackies on my mm. podcast. And um, I met both of them that weekend in Cancun. Did you and really? still two of my favorite people. But um, How is Jackie I, Lee doing? Jackie Lee's great. 
Nice. Jackie, that that was a fun podcast. Me and him sitting around telling stories. How many whiskeys? How many whiskeys did you guys have? Just a couple. Just, just a couple. To make just a couple. Listen, this is an episode on his on his podcast. He's had more than five glasses of whiskey. Me? Ooh. Yeah. Which one? I want to say it was you and Amy Page. Oh, me and Amy Page got hammered. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> me and Amy Page knew that we had two hours and we had a We were getting a ride to an event, which I can now say, I couldn't say if you hear that podcast, we don't say where we were going, right? but we were going to Ronnie Dunn's house for a for, party. For the Brooks and Dunn thing. Nice. And so we, my fiance was meeting us there. So she was going to be the designated driver. All we had to do was take a, a, a lift from my studio to Ronnie, to the Ronnie Dunn's house. And then my fiance took us home. Basically. Right. We gave Amy a ride home and then she took me home. Right. Oh my goodness. So knowing that we didn't have to drive and that we were going to a party anyway, we got a little bit. Amy Page got me a little drunk. That's my story. Amy I'm, Page, my story Amy is Amy Page. Page got me a little drunk. That's how I choose to see it. <laughs> then we go to Ronnie Dunn's house and we kept drinking, which was really a good move. So you okay. blame, are you blaming that one on, on, on Ronnie Dunn or are you blaming mm-hmm. it on, on Amy Page? Definitely Amy Page. Both, feel, both, both it says Amy Page. I often say Amy. I feel like Amy Page is like the is like the influencer on everything when it comes to drinking. But she's her. so low key with it. Yeah, she is low key. She is low key. <laughs> but if your glass is empty, she will encourage you to fill it. Yes, <laughs> I will be getting her on the show so you can keep filling my glass. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. hilarious. So, I don't know if she smokes cigars, but if you get Amy Page to come on this podcast, I want to come back. I just want to sit in that chair that's right fine. there and watch. That's and fine. Shout things out at y'all to throw you off. That's fine. So. Uh, we go to Ronnie Dunn's house. Yeah. Uh, side note, our, our, our setup, my fiance doesn't know anything about country music. When I say I should sit up. Oh, here we go. With the, with the man tits? Yeah. I'm slouching down on this yeah, couch me, and yeah. my man tits look glorious, but that's not exactly a, go- a good thing. Man. <laughs> I really don't want that. You can edit that we out, We are right? not editing this out. No, this good. is hilarious. Don't, don't do it. This is, we're not editing this part out at no. all. This is hilarious. Well, I just I learned just, uh, about it today when y'all told me about the, the man, man titties, the way you sit. Oh, this all is, because this I'm, is gonna be I was great. slouching down like I was like part of this couch. This is going to be great. Okay. When like, Dwayne walked in, he didn't even say hi to me because I looked like I, be- I was part of the couch. <laughs> no, okay. He didn't even see me. I just look like the ugliest pillow in this place. Like, now, now I know when I came in, I was fried. I just got pulled over. He just got pulled over today. The, the popos messing with me on a Sunday. You know, it was just, it was craziness What'd going you do? on. Man, you I rolled, through a, I rolled through a stop sign. I was trying to get here, and I came to a stop sign. I looked, and I thought I stopped, but the popos told me I did not you, stop. You did what we do in Philadelphia. We call that the South Philly roll. Well, that's what I did. I brought that shit <laughs> all the way to Nashville. You can't do that now. <laughs> Take it from a guy who's uh, had some issues with the law here in Nashville. <laughs> and he would not let me go. I was just like, bro. I mean, I thought he was just going to let me go off a warning. No, I, I got written up. Wow. Like, I'm pissed. Wait, he actually gave you a ticket? I got a ticket. That happens. Wow. That happens when you violate the law. Yeah, I'm a law I might breaker. know a guy. I know a Don't guy too. Don't say that on no, tape. No, we about? can edit that part out. Okay, we'll edit the Noah guy. We'll edit that part out. <laughs> we'll that part so anyway, out. I don't so know my a guy, fiance anyway, doesn't yeah, know yeah. anything about country music. She doesn't. Her fiance is a sweetheart, by not the way. A, not a clue, and it's one of those things that gets reinforced from time to time. Like, she knew we were going to Ronnie Dunn's house, and she knew who he was, sort of. But when he was standing at the buffet thing making fun of a friend of ours because she was eating more than two, more than four brownies. They were little <laughs> tiny brownies, but she just kept eating the brownies. 
So he goes over and makes a joke at her expense, and, and my fiance goes up to her afterwards and goes, who is the tall guy making fun of you? Ronnie Dunn. It was Ronnie Dunn. She didn't know who he was. She was in his house. She didn't know who he was. So she Beautiful had, thing. She, your, your fiance has also had the best experience. She had Garth Brooks say, God bless you to her. Oh, at, when she sneezed. When she sneezed. <laughs> yes, she did. That was amazing. <laughs> That's how intimate that concert yeah. was. We went to a Garth Brooks concert yeah. at Bridgestone <laughs> Arena where there were only about 1,000 people there. Maybe. Nine. Was it 1,000? I think it was 1,200. It filled exactly two sections of the lower bowl, not, nothing else. No one on the floor, mm-hmm. no, one in, no one above the lower bowl. So nice. It was and so it was, good. It was amazing. And he stood there and played an hour and a half for 1,200 people. Yep. Oh, wow. And it was pretty cool. And at one point, he was starting to play a song. He was in the, just playing the intro on the guitar, and she sneezed. We were in, like, the fourth row, and he goes, bless you. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's a small <laughs> That's concert. That's a small concert. <laughs> <When right he's, laughs> <laughs> that never happened. That would never happen again, probably. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, pretty amazing. So uh, I see that you were uh, you over there smoking your Casa de Monte Cristo White this Series. Is a Monte Cristo White Series. This was given to me by Larry. Larry's a good guy. Right? Okay. Larry's Larry, a good guy. Yeah. Larry hooked me up. Larry, this is an excellent cigar, by the way. I uh, I don't know anything about cigars, but I'm enjoying it. I smoke cigars about twice a year. And I usually regret it later that afternoon. But he told <laughs> usually. me that unless I was stupid enough to inhale this one, I would be fine. <laughs> exact when a man, words. When a man looks yeah. you in the eye and says, don't do anything stupid, like inhale the cigar, you go, yeah, I got you, Larry. I feel that. All right. What do you got over there, Dwayne? You, what are you smoking over there? Well, okay. So last time I had this cigar and it was really, really good, but it really, really got me. So I had to sit here and go back to my old schoolness and get this acid cigar. It's a new joint. It's called the Ripcord. Mm. So Larry gave me this Ripcord. He told me to try it out. And let me tell y'all, this thing is smooth. It tastes good. Is it a citrus flavor? It is a citrus kind of flavor. I'm kind of feeling like, hey, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of it's warm outside. You know what I'm saying? It's short weather. Mm. You know, this citrus flavor stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Roll with this, y'all. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to be honest with you because this is unedited, unfiltered. I don't remember what the hell I'm smoking. <laughs> it doesn't say it on the label? It doesn't say it on the label. No label? We'll have to get Larry to get but, tell us what however, you're smoking. But, however, what I will say is whatever I am smoking, it is really good. <laughs> you know, this is – I've never been here before. I love this. This is going to become my this, new hand. We, we get to come here. Yeah. We have to come here. Yeah, just like sit here like, like It's like down the road on a lunch break. Mm-hmm. We'll come here and smoke a cigar. Yeah, this is it's a It's cool down the road from your office. Uh, I don't know what you're smoking, but I know what both of us are drinking because I ordered it. Yes. We are drinking the Whistle Pig 10-Year, which is a spectacular whiskey. Ah. And it goes great with this, this Monica. It's, it's going great because I'm almost done mine. and I'm, I feel like I'm like, I want oh, another one. So but good. <laughs> I got to play. I got to drive home. I got to play ketchup then. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I, can't I mean, it's Sunday afternoon, so I can't drink too much, but I'm enjoying this. So are you hiring any interns? Do you still hire interns? I don't have the time uh-huh. to teach them what they would need to get out of it. You know, mm. I used to have interns. And also, seriously, I'd have to talk to my lawyers about what we can. I, if I were going to hire an intern, I'd, I'd hire a part-timer. Right, right. And I'd just pay them $8 an hour as an intern. You know, I'd pay them minimum wage just to cover my Just to cover ass your ass. Because, you know, I, I wouldn't hire a part-time employee for that little. But here's, that's the thing, though. We were talking about interns before. When we had interns back in the day when I worked for Premier, I always had one. And right. I, I took that seriously. And I made sure that they got an experience out of it and that they got to learn things. Right. And that they got to be a part of things and that I taught them as much as I could. 
and no, they didn't get paid, but I would never have been able to pay someone to do the jobs these interns were doing. They weren't necessary jobs. So right. maybe there are cases where people take advantage of that and they have interns doing things that they absolutely can't live without. But that was never the case with me. I didn't have interns doing essential work. You know, I had interns doing things that they could learn from right. that helped us a little so that they could get something out of it. And because of that, they got to see the show work on the air. They got to see what went on behind the scenes. They got to go to cool events and parties that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten to go mm-hmm. to. So they got plenty out of you bring any of my interns up here and they'll tell you it was a worthwhile experience mm-hmm. and that they don't feel like they got ripped off i'm not speaking to everyone's experience i understand there are people who abuse that situation right and treat it like free grunt labor right but they're out there getting coffee or printing know, papers and stuff like that getting coffee and bringing it into the studio we didn't do that on a regular basis but it allowed you to go into the studio and sit and we don't let people in the studio we don't let part-timers no. in the studio no you mm. don't um because I used to, I mean, we, when I was an intern, I never I never had to get coffee when I was an intern. I didn't um, But I was also, in, I, did, I did a morning show internship, and I also did a promotional internship. So I did a whole lot of mm-hmm. stuff when it came to radio and learned. I had access to learning more about radio and what was happening in the studio and producing some segments yeah. for, uh, for a morning show yeah. from doing that. When I got... To the place where I felt like I didn't have time to teach people things, mm-hmm. I stopped getting interns. Gotcha. Because it wasn't. Yeah. It's not beneficial for it's them. It's not beneficial for them, and I didn't want to pretend, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of people on both sides, they, they, you know, just kind of fudge through that relationship. Yeah, just put down you did this, this, and that. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. Mm-mm. Okay. Because if you tell people down the road you interned for me, they're going to expect that you know some things. Right. If I didn't have the time to teach you, that's going to eventually reflect poorly on both of us. I mean, because I'm, st- I'm not an intern for Patrick by any means, but I still learn. Patrick calls me and, I, and, and teach me a couple of things, and even when I go in his office just to hang out, I learn a whole lot of shit you that I didn't know. Much. That's what he's saying. <laughs> that's not, no. <laughs> that's not, that's too much. See, Ms. was right. I, just knew, I knew that woman would write. No, but that, I mean, but that's your, that's your gift, though. That's your gift. You, like, you educate me on things that I didn't that I didn't know, well, that's or like, clarify things for me that I didn't that I didn't understand. Well, that's like when I came up and hung out at the studio during um, the, during poker night. I was like, you know what? I don't know shit about poker, but Patrick was willing to take me underneath his wing and say, you know, you just hang out with me, and I'm gonna show you how these hands yeah. play and everything. And watching Patrick play and everything, and seeing his hands, and I know exactly what not to do. I'm not gonna tell you my secrets, but I'll tell you the basics. <laughs> Listen, so, so, as we, I'll tell you the the advanced basics. Right, yeah. as we said with the Gregory episode, I play. I didn't play for four months. Remember that? I was coming in and not sat down and got lucky as hell. I learned a lot watching. I learned a lot to watch, and then I finally played. I left with like hundred fifty dollars. Fun when you play with. Guy, the same guys, but more or less every month. Yeah. You really learn them. Yes. You know? And I'm sure these guys say the same thing about me. They, they know what they think are my tricks and all that. Right. There's still little pieces of it, man. My, my greatest gift in poker is that I, when I have it, when I have what we call the stone cold nuts, no one believes me. No one believes that I have Let me tell you how many times Patrick has taken my money. Three, not more than three. You don't play. I've only played three times. No, because the one time I actually left with money. Yeah. 
I left took some of your money. Uh, you still t- you still <laughs> took some of my money. I left. I've left with money two times, but I took some of your money, even though it wasn't real money. At at the uh, oh, at a at a free league poker, wait a minute, wait a minute, poker wait a game. I you took, took some of his you money. Played. You took his I money had, that wasn't fr- what, what? wasn't uh, real money. Wasn't it real was money. Chips. It was chips in a tournament we were playing for free. Okay. I ended up in top ten. He was already out. Mm. Next weekend, Marcus and I yeah. are playing in a poker tournament, and it's a, a charity poker tournament where we paid money to play, but we get nothing out of it if we win except that we get to choose which charity, which charity it goes to. Goes to the, the money goes to. Oh, that's nice. So we're going to see who's really good that weekend. Mm. There's going to be some serious Not players in that room. Right. But there's going to be a lot of guys who don't know anything about poker who are just there to donate their money because it's, it's, it's for a good cause. That's true. Right. So... There's also going to be free food and drinks, so mm, it's going to be a gonna nice be, that's party. Gonna be, that's going to be my version of Sunday Fun Day. Can we go to Red Door afterwards? No. Why not? Because after <laughs> I've been drinking and playing poker, I do not need to be. We can go to Red Door. Uh, uh-uh. It's two for ones. Ooh, two for ones. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's do it. I actually have my daughter next weekend. She's going to be shopping with my fiance. Uh, so I'm probably not going to drink. I'm just going to play for the charity. If I win, I win. If I don't, I'm going to go. I'm going to drink. Dwayne, you want to come with me to two for ones? Yeah, I'm there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They do two for ones at Red Door. All I'm never going Sunday. to Red Door again. Why? As Why? long as I live. They threw me out of Red Door. They threw you out of Red yeah, Door? They threw me oh, out please of tell the that Red story. Door. How did you get thrown out of Red Door? For talking too loudly. <laughs> Are you ready for this? In a bar. No, no, not in a bar. On the patio. <laughs> At seven o'clock at night, for talking too for loudly. Talking too loudly. So you got like a noise audience. No, like I got a bouncer with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> like, sir, you're disturbing the other patrons. They keep looking over. I'm like, has anyone complained? No, but other tables keep looking over at you. Yeah, because I'm awesome. No, that's because I'm, you're famous. I'm hilarious, and yeah, I'm mildly famous. I'm not famous, but <laughs> no, you're mildly famous. People actually. Walk up to you, ask for pictures. Yeah, it was like that's Patrick. Over that's there. happened seven or eight times in my life. Exactly. So you're mildly famous. It was not happening at Red Red Door that night. It doesn't happen in Nashville ever. Have you ever been mistaken for any kind of celebrity? Yeah, people think I'm Jerry Garcia, which is not <laughs> good because he's dead. Uh, <laughs> but my hair and my beard right now is really, it's really Jerry Garcia esque. Oh man. Also, if I trimmed my beard, the way my hair is right now, I look like 1990 Charlie Daniels. Just you imagine do. that with this you long do. hair. I see that. Oh, yeah. I can see I, that. I really feel like long hair country boy is my jam right now. It probably could be. <laughs> getting just long enough to be. You should do a, you should do a, a parody of a Devil Went Down to Georgia. You I bi- just told you, long hair country boy. You, bi- you, bi- you uh, Big D and Bubba. No. <laughs> I'm going to grow my hair out and my beard until my fiance decides to say something actually mean about it. Well, at least you can grow your hair and beard out. I can't grow shit. Well, you also shave yours out. Yeah, I got to shave my shit. Cause my sh- I, you I, hide the grays, don't you? I, well, you know, I have a little gray, but I have a feeling if I grow my hair out at the top, yeah, I got a little gray, man. You know what I'm saying? Just for men. works really good. <laughs> Just for men. Just for men. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if I grow my hair out, man, I'm, I'm scared of what I might see. Like, my, I have a feeling my shit ain't going to be like no fullness. Are there any pictures of you with hair at all? Oh, yeah. They, hey, I, had a, I used to, back in the day, I used to have the Gumby rocking to the side. Oh yeah, oh. Marcus is too young to have seen that. Up I, close. To, I had a I had a kid kid in play haircut. Oh, did you? Yeah, all the way up, all the way up. Oh, I had a yeah. little box. Man, I had the rat tail. I don't know why, but I had it. Yeah, you had a rat tail. I had a rat tail, man. That was a thing. You had a rat tail. That was a thing, man. Wow, yeah. like was, Eddie Murphy at the start of uh, his career, uh, coming to America, <laughs> the beginning of the movie before they cut it off. That's what I had. 
plat, plat yeah, it you up don't and want everything. That. Wow. <laughs> when he goes into the barbershop and says, make me look like a normal young man. And they just snip the ponytail or the rat tail off. And he goes, that'll be $10 or whatever he says. $6. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, I never had a rat tail. Ever. Never. I was going to tell a story and I forgot what it was. Oh, no. So the worst I've gotten so far from Vivica is your hair looks interesting. That's the meanest she's managed to get. So, didn't she tell you about your, uh, your purple pajamas? Is that what it was? Purple pajamas? Didn't, didn't she like not like your, your pajamas or something one year and then you changed like you got new pajamas or some type of outfit you had from LSU? Oh, I had LSU pants and they were pants. And she goes, no, those are pajama pants. I'm like, they're still pants. She says, you can't wear that. There's people coming over to the house. It's my house. I'm not leaving the house. I got underwear on under this. This is pants. You were comfortable. I was, yeah. And we're here to watch the LSU football game. I'm wearing these pants. Was that, was that when I came over? I guess. I don't know. But she was, she was all like, you got to change. You can't wear those pants. There's people coming over. I'm like, I don't think you understand that this is my house. And these are real pants. I do what I want. I do. <laughs> Do you know who won that argument? She did. She did. I didn't win. She won. I had to some crap. She I did. have always worn those pants. Did Wait, we win that game? I was say, did y'all win? The, did y'all win the game? I don't think I. I don't think I won. A, no, when I was there, you didn't win a game. Ooh. Alabama game. Alabama game. Sons of bitches. Listen, was, I. I was there, you did not win. It was the pants. It's the pants. It was the pants. Mm. And Marcus, I'm gonna need you to remember that. Later, when I'm using that as my excuse to put the pants back no, on. So you keep, no, 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 no. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only friend that, like, you, you, uh, when, you when you stay too late in poker, mm-hmm. you stay too late in poker, you always go, well, I was talking to Marcus. I usually was, though. <laughs> it's usually, usually you and you, Greg. Yeah. It's y'all fault. You and Greg and Morris Minor, that's the three of us just standing around talking, and I get in trouble. I thought you said poker ended at 10. It's 11.15. Yeah, that's Marcus's fault. It's Marcus's fault. <laughs> and it never, and it never. I feel like you never get in trouble because you use my name, so you don't get in trouble. Yeah, she likes Vivica you, loves so I don't me. get in trouble. Yeah, that's it. That's how all I, my friends' wives loves me. Oh, there you they go. They love me. There you go. So they don't get in trouble. That's a good trick. That that's, is why good. You, that's how you ingratiate yourself with exactly. people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what you gonna do for your uh, bachelor party? Y'all gonna go to a strip club? No, we're gonna hire a hairdresser to come cut my hair. That's exactly that's what we're exactly doing. Exactly what we're gonna do. Exactly what we're gonna now, do. She might be naked. <laughs> But I'm getting a haircut. Hey, can I come over that for the haircut? <laughs> <laughs> you can, oh, shit. Uh, yes. Two things. You can donate some hair to me. Okay, yeah. I can, we can make you a wig out of as much hair as I got on my head there, right now. There we go. And she's going to be naked. That's all. I, I, had, I, had a fr- I don't make I promises. You, I had a friend. I I'm not going to name any names. But I had a friend who, speaking of donating Vivica, hair. Vivica, if you're listening, that part was a joke. That yeah, was that, a joke. that was totally a joke, Vivica. <laughs> That was totally a joke. First but, of all, I don't even know how you hire a naked hairdresser. <laughs> I don't even know how you go about doing that. I know one. You know one? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I get the feeling that ain't what I want? It's going to be a dude. He could be wearing a thong. Why do I get the feeling that's not what we want? I'm not that kind uh, of dude. <laughs> oh, my God. This oh, is our shit. naked hairdresser, Raul. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 Raul. <laughs> I don't think so. It's like going, wee, 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 wee. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know how long we're doing this, so I didn't know hey, if I should drink another whiskey or not. No, we should. I mean, we can't. I, I got another one, so. Damn. I, I got a nipple on mine. You, got, you nibbling on yours. Man. What the hell? So, 
I told this story in uh, episode 18 of my podcast, Five Whiskey Patrick, available everywhere. Um, please subscribe and leave five-star ratings. No, yes. listen, uh, and Check do that for blog. this one, too. I, the story of, of the legend of 10 Whiskey Patrick starts at an Eric Church concert. That's really where it got, because I was in Indiana mm-hmm. playing in a poker tournament on a Saturday morning. Right. And it ended in time for me to make it to this Eric Church concert, but barely. Like, I had to haul ass. I didn't stop. I didn't eat dinner. I didn't eat lunch. So I hadn't pretty much hadn't eaten anything that day. Show up at this Eric Church concert, and there's a pre-party for an hour and a half, and there was no food. Ooh. Nothing. Not even a pretzel I could nibble on. There's nothing. So I'm sitting there. And they had good whiskey. This is before, you know, nothing wrong with Jack Daniels, which we are drinking right now, actually. Thank you, dear. Thank you, darling. Keela? Keela, thank you. Sorry to be so much trouble. Uh, we were, they had, but they had Jack Daniels, and they had Johnny Walker Black Label, and they had all kind of fun oh, that's whiskey dangerous. backstage. And so I drank like 12 of them, and I hadn't eaten anything. Because, you know, the, the problem with me is when the whiskey is free, I have a problem stopping. Okay. I do. <laughs> I just, people go, well, you sure do drink a lot. I really don't. I don't drink that much. I don't drink that often. But when the whiskey's free, you know, it's hard to say no. So we're at the Sarah Church show, and I, I, like I said, 12 whiskeys in. And it was maybe at about 10 and a half whiskeys where I very famously, famously, that's right, not a that, word. Is that a word? That's a word now. <laughs> very famously Your speech teacher would turn said over. to one friend of mine about another girl that was there. Which I said at about that volume. Oh, and the girl God. we were talking about was standing about six feet away from us. Oh, so my God. She goes, are you an idiot? She, she can hear you. I'm like, no, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, that's where I figured out that, you know, Five Whiskey Patrick likes a party. He's a good time. He'll tell stories. He'll make you laugh. Tin okay. Whiskey Patrick will do all of those things, but he has no filter and no ability, no volume control and no ability to stop and think, maybe I shouldn't say this about somebody. You hear his new album? It sucks. And he's standing six feet away. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, so I'm not allowed to oh freaking. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Have you done that? I've done that. Tin Whiskey Patrick, Tim, this is why I don't Can get I, invited who, to as many parties. Whose, whose album was that? I'm Are we not, not going to say because right. I've only had one whiskey. <laughs> so, hey, y'all get him some more because I need to find out who I that need was. to find out who this was. I'm pretty sure we're on, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're on the same way level of <laughs> yeah. whose CD it might have been. So, regarding, in other words, <laughs> if Tin Whiskey Patrick is fine at a party, but at, a, at some kind of industry event, at anything that my job is linked to, he should not be allowed to show. I've up. I've seen ten ten whiskey, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have. I've seen actually. I think it was more than ten whiskey, oh, Patrick. Yeah. But that's, at that point, it and that get was any bir- better. After that was that. his birthday party. Ooh, you know. Yeah. As long as nobody's recording things that I say or do. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ten whiskey, Patrick thinks it's all right to sing Lil Tunchi in a room full of people. And it's not. It's not. <laughs> not, not, for, it's not. Not for a fat white dude with gray hair. It's, it's never not, okay. It's never okay. Never okay. Is that the one I gave you the okay to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were the only black guy at the party. I was party, the only black so guy at the You had to it say everybody, it was okay. Everybody was like, is he okay? I'm like, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. It's Tin Whiskey Patrick. It's, he, yeah. We, he knows. 
It's I fun. knew well long beforehand. So that's why I always say, they say, how did you get the nickname Five Whiskey Patrick? I say, well, Five Whiskey Patrick comes from a cautionary tale about Ten Whiskey Patrick. <laughs> there you go. That's where Five Whiskey Patrick comes from. And I knew, I realized it was starting to stick because people I knew would come up to me at parties and go, how many whiskeys have you had? Where are we on the scale of one to five? You know, and, should we, and, and stop me at six. Right. Because after six, only trouble can happen. Mm. Oh, my so, God. Oh, yeah. my God. So what, You know what? I've told, and if, if if people are listening to this and they do listen to my podcast, I may repeat some stories, so I apologize. But I, I saw Ron White one time say, if you don't know Ron White, a comedian, he told a very, very famous story at the end of his first big special about how he got the nickname Tater Salad. And it's a hysterical story. How did he get it? I, I'm not going to repeat his I've, bit. I've, I've basically, not- he made it up this... You know, he he told what was mostly a true story, and at one point he he said he you know when he was young he got arrested and told the cops that you know do you have any aliases? He goes, they call me Tater Salad. So when he years later he's in New York and he's gotten arrested for being drunk in a bar or something like that, and they go, are you Ron Tater Salad White? And that's like, that's it, you caught me, you caught the tater. <laughs> so this is a great story, but he said when he gave himself that nickname and people started showing up at concerts and stuff and bringing him. Tater salad. tater salad backstage. Every That's concert you go hilarious. to, there's tater salad backstage. People show up at meet and greets or at private functions, and they bring him tater salad. And he says, the funny thing is he doesn't even like potato salad. That's hilarious. So he goes, if I could live my life over again, I would give myself the nickname 18-year-old Scotch. Oh. Because so if people are going to show up with something, they show up with 18-year-old Scotch. So I, I took some of that to heart when I decided that I should stick with the nickname Five Whiskey Patrick, and it pays off because when people show up, they, they bring, bring me whiskey. whiskey, and that's not a pro- bad so, problem to have. So you're giving yourself Five Whiskey Patrick. I, someone else made so, that stick. Other people made it stick, oh, but I just stick. decided to take it and run with it. Have you ever given your Dwayne, have you ever given yourself a, a, a nickname? Because <laughs> I've given myself nicknames, but it's nothing you can give me. Maybe I should work on that. Yeah, I, I need to work on that. Mine was Big Black before Big and Rob. It was Big Black. Big Black. Big Black. Were you the biggest, blackest person there? I was the only, big, I was the only black person and the biggest person there. That works. So this girl, this girl walked up to me, and we're talking, and she was like, she, seemed, she was mixed, and she goes, uh, she goes, oh, I'm Brown Sugar. Oh, really? That's mm. what she named her name, her Brown nickname. Sugar. And I said, well, then I'm Big Black. It stuck the entire weekend. And stuck for the rest of my life in high school. Mind you now, this is at a Christian camp. Um, <laughs> That's different. <laughs> so it's stuck. So, but you can't give me anything off of that. So now I'm going to think of a name. I can't say Marijuana Marcus because you might No, up, you, might you don't want to be me. that. <laughs> I got to come up with a name. Although, Mayor, maybe you do. I don't know. But I will say uh, <laughs> you can't pull off Big Black in Nashville. No, you I can't. know some much bigger people than you. I know some you. bigger people than yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there'd be so, some guys who play defensive line for the Titans who'd be like, "What are you now?" <laughs> oh, walk up to you like, "Oh, oh yeah, you're you're pretty bigger than me. You're my bigger than me." So yeah, right. Ten years ago, I took my parents to Monell's, and Monell's is one of these places where they sit you at a table with twelve people at the table, and there's gonna be twelve people at the table. If you show up with four, they're gonna stick you with eight people you don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't Monell's. been there. Yet. And I said, "Oh, you gotta go." You gotta I go sat at Monell's. For lunch with the entire offensive line of the Titans, I think this was maybe 13 years ago. And oh my gosh, I thought I could eat, and I can eat, but I never seen nothing like it. I've never seen 
between the five of those dudes and me at that table, that poor woman in the back was frying chicken. She must have thought there was an army outside. <laughs> Everybody had their elbows on the table. Oh, my gosh, man. It was unbelievable. So how did you get hooked up with Big D and Bubba? Um, I got that job. I started right after I turned 20. So I've been with Big D and Bubba. In, on August 1st, it'll be 20 years. Wow. Um, I was doing nights at a top 40 station. I was working from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. at a top 40 station in Baton Rouge. It was in the same building as the country station that had just hired them. And my boss had told me, Big D and Bubba are going to be in the building. They were sitting out of non-compete, mm-hmm. so they couldn't work. But they'd show up for two weeks before they started just, during, just in the middle of the night. I would be up there late at night, and they'd be in. They'd have a question about where something was, or how the computer system worked, or whatever, and they'd come ask me. And so, one, I knew where everything was. I knew how everything worked. I was 19 years old, okay. And two, they would D would have to wait outside the door of the studio for me to finish whatever I was, whatever break I was doing. And I was, I'm not gonna hold back here. I was killing it. I might not have been any good, right. but I was 19 years old on the air doing a morning show by myself at night, doing oh, everything I could do to be entertaining. Wow. And, and he noticed that, and he liked it. And so, uh, you know, their contract had the ability for them to hire a full-time producer. And I, my boss pulls me into his office like two weeks later, the operations manager, and goes, I have great news. And I go into his office, and he closes the door. He said, have you met Big D and Bubba? I said, yeah. He said, uh, well, I have good news. Their contract guarantees them a full-time producer i was like okay they go they want you and i literally went nah i'm good wow what is you told them no so i didn't want to do country music Mm. i didn't want i i I was 19 i love rock and roll music i thought i had grown up with country music but i thought i was gonna be this top 40 you know morning show guy and go and maybe i would have been Maybe my whole life would have turned out differently, but it's been pretty fun the way it turned out. Thought about it for two weeks. My college girlfriend basically talked me into it. My, my parents thought it was a better opportunity. My mother loves country music, and she thought it was a great idea. But my, it was my college girlfriend who was like, I think you should probably do this because we had just gotten a new manager of the Top 40 station who didn't really care for me. Um, they were never going to promote me because they kept telling me I was too young to do afternoons, too young to be on in mornings. So That's bullshit. I was like, well, at least this is a good show, you know? Right. Maybe it's country music, but it's, they're funny. I could go in there and I could be funny. I could contribute to this. And uh, the other thing my boss said in that meeting was, well, we're going to syndicate that show. It's going to be on all over the country. And I literally said, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to syndicate successfully syndicate a country morning show and if they do because at that point it had never worked no one had ever successfully done national mornings in country music on country radio and i said and if you do you're not going to do it out of baton rouge louisiana they're going to get a show in nashville or in dallas or in atlanta and that's going to be you know that's how they're going to syndicate a country show they're not going to do it successfully out of baton rouge right i was wrong i'll admit to you i was wrong Four years later, we were on 15 stations. We were the biggest morning show in the country at that point, and we were moving to Nashville to base the show out of Nashville. That's big. I never knew that you guys started in Louisiana. Yeah. I didn't know that either. 15 or 16 affiliates before we moved to Nashville. Wow. Dang, so y'all was killing it. So eventually got up, uh, got moved over to the premiere side. So we worked for Clear Channel. Right. Which is now iHeartMedia. Right. But we weren't part of the premiere subsidiary which was syndicated shows and then we got moved over to that when we had about 20 stations and then all of a sudden they were putting us on 
you know, stations. We were on up, up around 50 when, wow. before we left in 20, at the end of 2013, started our own company, and now we have 80 affiliates. Holy shit. Yeah. It's not bad. C- would- considering there are more syndicated country morning shows now. But at the time, but the, but if you'd have told me twenty years ago or anyone twenty years ago that, that we'd have three syndicated country morning shows that were successful, no one would no one would believe you. It was wow. un, it was unheard of. Now I had a a guy tell me one time a long time ago one of my mentors he was like, you know, do you like you know saying stuff that's more like a flash in the pan or do you like things that are more like longevity? Like with country music and everything, which one are you feeling? Do you is a flash in the pan cool with you? Are you are you good with that, or do you like something that has a little more meaningful to it when it comes to country music? Like I more- think there's room for both. Okay. I think and I think the things you think are a flash in the pan will have a long life. Maybe five years from now, people will have forgotten something that was a huge hit and went away. But twenty years from now, it'll come back. I tell you what, and you discussed this one time on your on your ep, on your podcast as well. Um, Big and Rich's album "Horse of a Different Color." That was a game changer. Huge. That was a huge turning point in country music. That was music. when I first started yeah. listening to country music. That was when a lot of people first started listening to country music. And and here's the thing. God bless me if John Rich ever hears this. I hope he realizes this is not meant to be a, a slight in any way. This is because I love him. But that album wasn't that big. It was big. It was big. And it was influential. But it wasn't on its own a massive success like Traveler or or some other albums that, you know. But as far as influence is concerned, there's no Jason Aldean without Big and Rich. That's very true. Okay. There's just not. He wrote how many singles? He wrote and produced those earlier. That that entire album. But also the sound, the things that they got away with, the things that they were told no one will ever accept this. Right were mild compared to the things we get away with now. They were the first, I would say they were, so Big and Rich was the first um, Philly, the radio station in Philadelphia, they do an anniversary show, and, and Big and Rich was the first one that I actually worked. Um, and the crowd there was just nuts. Like, I've never Crazy. seen, I had never seen a crowd that was so live and so rowdy. Like, it was a rock concert. Right, mm-hmm. but you know what's so crazy is, like, I was hanging out with John Rich one time and on his bus, and it's knowing him, you know, country and everything. But when I was on his bus, he was listening to like Bun B. He was yeah. listening to all this hip hop, and I'm just like, dude, okay, now I see what's going on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Pull a little here, pull a little there, mix it in a bowl, and boom, this is what you got. Yeah, and that's and that's what he did. I mean, you and you can tell that, just, you, and like you said, you can see the influence just on Jason Aldean, who's by far one of the biggest, if not the biggest. He's the artist of the decade. Artist of the decade. Yeah. It's right. hard to argue that. It's hard to, It's very hard to argue that. So what's the craziest things you've done in this industry besides <laughs> besides 10 Whiskey Patrick? No. And that's pretty crazy. I mean. Which 10 Whiskey Patrick is pretty crazy, but 10 Whiskey Patrick gets you in trouble. <laughs> yes. I want to hang out with that guy. 22 Tequila Patrick in Cancun almost got me in trouble. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because, and I told this story with Jackie Lee on my podcast. Um, I met Jackie Lee. He was I was walking to take a whiz. Okay, mm. I, I was in the pool. There were like fourteen pools. Right. So this was not the pool next to my cabana. It was the pool next door. So I had to walk back to my cabana, use the bathroom, and uh, I see my buddy Scotty O'Brien sitting there with a guy with a guitar in one of cabanas, just sitting like out on the deck area. Right. 
and uh, they called me over, and I'm like, give me a minute, and I had to go to the bathroom. And then I came back, and I, I went over there where they were, and he's playing the guitar, and uh, he says, do you play? And I said, well, yeah, and this was 2014. This right. was May of 2014, and I said, I'm working on this uh, acoustic rendition of Rich as Bleep by Lil Wayne, and, uh, and, he, and he goes, and they laughed, and he goes, that's funny. I went, no, I'm serious. He goes, and he turned the guitar around and goes, prove it. <laughs> so I did. And then Marcus has seen me do this drunk at a party. But yes. here's the next part of the story is not good because they go, come on, we got to go over to the pool where everybody oh, is Jesus. and show them this trick. And I was 22 tequila, Patrick, so I thought that sounded like a good idea. <laughs> I'm lucky nobody videoed it, or if they did, they've oh lost God. that video. Because what I don't need is a video of that out in the real world. But I remember that some of the people there thought it was awesome. Okay, Aldine was there. His wife was there. I don't think they were married at the time. They loved it. Dustin Lynch still, every time he sees me, he calls me Big Tunchy because I was, yeah. <laughs> And a bunch of other people were laughing. Some of the people from the label were having strokes. Mary Forrest, who used to work at the record label, was going, ah, nervous laughter. <laughs> isn't, isn't, Patrick, isn't Patrick crazy? Oh, my goodness. That's just, he's so oh silly. God. He's so silly. Stop singing now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> she was so worried I was going to do more. That's like, funny. The last thing anybody wants is, is, like I said, is this dude right here. I tell you. I tell you. <laughs> Okay. Dwayne, if, that if you, is you, one of the craziest things I've ever done. Dwayne, if you were ever around, we have to make sure that Dwayne is no, around I, next time. I need to hear this. Because it is, it is the Borderline funniest. legendary. It is the funniest thing. And the funniest thing is I could throw it down. He it's could. Not bad. Yeah. You give me, you know, I've had a lot of practice. Okay. Yeah. Man. You know, it's not, it's not my wheelhouse, but I've made it work. Man, I hope I got a guitar in the car. Because we might have to <laughs> after this. I might need to hear this, man. Oh <laughs> man! Well, he, you know, he, he I always make drinks, everyone so. at my birthday party, even if I'm drinking, I make everyone put their cell phones on the table, so no, that nobody can true. video it. That's because what true. I don't want is to be in a custody hearing in the future and have my ex-wife's attorney go in this next clip, Your Honor, and mm. then be playing it line by line. Mm. I don't need that. That's out there. so true. He like he before he did it at his birthday party, he made sure everybody had. I have enforcers yeah. in the crowd. Yeah. Make sure nobody's filming it. Yeah. Make sure nobody's filming it. See, I need to do that. I need to say it was, yeah. it was, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Put the cell phones in the pouches, lock it up. Lock it down. Lock it down. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, I've had down. a lot of fun. I've done some really cool things. I've gotten to do things that where you go, how did the hell did I get in this room? You know? I, I tell this story a couple of times. I was at CRS this year. And Keith Urban was playing a private show for 70 people in a hotel suite. 70 people. That's right. He sang six songs. He, he did everything. He played acoustic, electric. He played that vocoder thing like Peter Frampton in his mouth making the wah, wah noises and the whole thing. And he freaking laid it down. He was, it's Keith Urban. He's the entertainer of the year, both, both academies. Right. Okay. That's true. He, he's, he's one of the greatest performers this format has ever seen, and he's one of my personal favorites. And he's in that room, and he threw it. Completely down. And you know what? You know how many people ever get to see that? 70 people. 70 people. 70 people. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's, 70 people get crazy. to see that. And I'm sitting there looking around that room going, well, you, you have mixed feelings. First of all, you're like, how am I in this room? Look at the other people in this room. Then you see a couple of people and you go, how the hell did that son of a bitch get in here? You know, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. I know him. How did he get in see, this here's room? My thing. my thing is I will be the person that you be pointing to saying, how the hell did he how get in here? How the hell did Marcus get in this room? 
That would be the, I would be the guy you pointing at because there's no way that that's something that I would probably find my way to sneak into. Mm-hmm. You weren't in there though. I wasn't in there though. You security but, but was I, tight on that one. Yeah. Which is understandable. It's understandable. But right. I'm glad to see speaking of Keith, I'm glad to see that after all these years, he's finally getting the recognition that yeah. he should be getting. Man, his album is dope. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll be rocking it. I'll be rocking it. I love Keith. I, I, I've never had a bad thing to say about Keith. But I love right. his concerts since since when he had, when the first time I saw him, he had Taylor. No, that wasn't the first time I saw him. first time I saw him, he opened for Kenny Chesney mm. in a football stadium. Yep. And then, then the other time I saw him, he had Taylor Swift open for him. Oh, wow. I don't remember that, too. I don't remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. That, that was... That was a while. That was during the Speak Now era. By Speak Now, she had her. Own, she was doing headlines. But she so it had still, to be before she, that. It had to be before that then. But she, um, she did that, and then she, and then I also saw him where him and Carrie had their tour together. Yeah. This was during the Before He Cheeks. It was the Carnival Ride album. Yeah. That oh, Carrie yeah, they did had. Love Pain and the whole crazy and, and, whole, and a whole crazy Carnival Ride. Carnival Ride or something yeah. like that. I um, saw that in Atlantic City. Oh damn! Okay. And they did it together. I was in. Nashville, my first CMA Fest after I moved here was 2004. My buddy Neil is a country singer and a great songwriter back in Louisiana, and he had come up for CMA Fest. Mm-hmm. I was single at the time, and I said, listen, we're going to go to all the shit stuff. Right. Okay, we're going to go to all of it. So we went to the stadium shows every night, and we had VIP passes so we could sit in the CMA lounge, which is the press box at the stadium. And which we do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which we do now. It's great because it's, it's, it's air-conditioned and, exactly. uh, and there's free beer. But we were sitting there, and we got, we got our early because Keith Urban was playing that night. So we got a good seat real kind of close, to, right on the glass, kind of close to the stage. And this young, this, this family sat down next to us with their daughter. And we said hi to them. Hey, how y'all doing? They sat down right next to us. This is one giant long table next to the glass. You right. Know? And... She was sitting closest to us, and I noticed that the parents said hi to us, and, hey, how y'all doing? Oh, yeah, what do you guys do? Oh, we're just here for her. I'm like, oh, that's cute. And uh, she wouldn't stop talking. She was just chatterbox. 14 years old, adorable, you know. And I remember I was more interested in whoever else was around. I was being polite. My buddy has a, had a son the same age, so he was like, well, I have a son your age. And she goes, yeah, we, we just moved here. I'm, you know, I'm a, I have a publishing deal and development deal. And we were like, what are you, like 14? That was how it came out. I'm like, how old are you? She said 14. And he goes, oh, I have a son your age. She takes a CD out of her little bag she was carrying and takes the, uh, and writes on the inside of it an email address and her name and said, give this to your son. Tell him to listen to it. Tell him to email me and tell me what he thinks. He, my buddy took that back to his 14-year-old son and said, this girl gave me, I met this girl in Nashville. She was really cute. She said, uh, you should listen to it and email her. He goes, I'm not going to email some girl you met while you were in Nashville. She's going to think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> so he never did. Yeah. He never emailed young Taylor Swift. <laughs> he could have had young, a song named after him. We tell him that all the time. Like, you could have been one of those dudes she wrote a song about songs. on that first record. One of those songs. You could have been one of the guys that broke her heart. <laughs> and is immortalized in one of those songs. And so every time anything happens with Taylor Swift, my buddy will post something on Facebook and tag his son and goes, could have been you, Cameron. Could have been you. Wow. Could have been, been Cameron is the reason for the teardrops on her guitar. Could have been. Instead of Drew. Instead of Drew. You idiot. Could have been you. 
Cameron's you know, the reason for the tears. Yeah, so my we, guitar. We, we give him so much hell over that. <laughs> like, if you had only had this much sense, you could have just, it would, you know, because your dad might be your dad. But when he said, if nothing else, when he said she was really cute, he wasn't lying. She was really cute. You should have sent her an email, you That's dummy. That's funny shit. That is funny shit. I just, I love that. And you know, I didn't notice it until years later. I didn't remember that that was, I knew it was that her. Was Taylor Swift. I had, I knew that that's how we had met. I didn't remember that she had given him that CD until she blew up. And it was at the point where I never got to really Does he still have the CD? No, he gave it to some girl in high school after she got real big. Wait yeah, isn't that great? When he was 17, he gave it to some girl. So he had the email. He, had, yep, he doesn't have it. He had the music. He had a demo. Can you imagine what that's even just just from a, a pure grubby, what is that worth standpoint? You know what that's worth? A demo of Taylor Swift songs when she was 14 that she gave to you? I know someone who has tons of demos of Taylor Swift when she was 14, 15. Yeah, I know that person too. Tons. I, and I, I want to listen to it because it's worth a whole lot of money. I'll bring it to you, let you listen to it. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> that's a that's a cigar night at my house. Yes. Oh, I want to hear that. That's a cigar night at my house. No, I mean I was there when she was fifteen and sixteen. They would bring her by the studio every six weeks, and I mean it was every six weeks. That's oh, a lot. Gosh, yeah, she was on the show five times live in studio before it really took off. You know, wow. and it's several times after that. But I just remember the fourth or fifth time she left, one of my coworkers said. She's adorable, but is I'm not sure this is gonna work. And I was like, no, it could still work. And here she is, the biggest freaking yeah. biggest artist, right next to Beyonce. Yeah, she's, the she's on the level of Beyonce. Oh, I don't know. I think she can sell more records than anybody but Adele. I think, I think she can sell more records than Beyonce. But I think as far as like ticket sales and things like that, she's on the same level as Beyonce. Yeah, she's doing Adele outsells her, but that's the only person who outsells her. Yeah. But that's because Adele wakes up in four more years. That's international. <laughs> yeah. That's true, too. That's yeah. true. You, you, you think about it. Yeah. So Adele wakes every four years. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the new butterflies and rainbows and pink kittens, Taylor Swift, because I feel like I can let my daughter listen to it again. Yeah. She's only 10. Yeah. When, hey, when Reputation have you listened came to new, out, she was like eight, and I was like, I don't think we're going to listen to this new have you listened? Have you listened to the new, the new single that came out this yeah. past week? Man, oh, that was great. Did you like it? Oh, well, yeah. I love it. I'm going to tell you right now, it's the first one I've liked in a long time. I liked Reputation. I, I thought it was a good I record. Like, I liked Reputation. I just couldn't play it for my kid. I it was a little too dark. I couldn't get into it as much as I wanted to right. because it was dark. And I'm glad she did it. She felt art, like artistically like she needed to make a dark record. Good for her. She didn't go too dark. She didn't kill anybody. I love how she, she didn't get come, naked. I love how she always comes back to Nashville. Yes. Yes. When she does. Remember things. what? Remember what made you? Yeah, I love how she always goes back to what made her, and mm-hmm. she she keeps the, which which makes me love her even more. Yeah, because she never forgets where she comes from. Got to give homage to where you come from. Yeah, I had a little bit of a buzz from that cigar. Yes, I have a little bit of buzz from that whiskey here. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, yeah, wrap this one on up. Here. <laughs> we are. Oh man, yeah. I didn't tell any good stories. I mean, we can keep going. You want to keep going? Let's keep. Did I? Did we I can. Well, we. Stories? You know what? Guess what? We can make this a two parter if we wanted to. Oh boy. <laughs> we could make this a part one and part two episode. Ow, how much? Sto- how much stories do we have? How much time do you got over there? Let's check your time I'll over check there. Check my time. You got probably all right for a little bit. All right, oh, we can ask make this a two-parter episode. Okay. Here we go. Two-parter it is. You get a two-parter. That's how we're going to do this one. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, five whiskey, Patrick. Five Thanks whiskey, everywhere, Patrick. Everywhere you. This find is what happens. We have Patrick Thomas come on your <laughs> to your podcast. It's great because we actually have a live audience now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>